on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Hello, welcome to the Texas Steampunk Connection. We are on Season 2, Episode 10. Hey, everybody. Yeah, we have some adventures to tell you about that we've been on over the past month and a half or so. We were going to tell you last time, but we had a cool interview last time with Lisa instead. Yeah, Lisa Turner last week, uh, or two weeks ago. It was yep. a great interview. I'm sure you've heard it by now because you're fantastic listeners. Yes. Uh, but if you haven't, if you're ever interested in, in starting a steampunk shop or selling steampunk wares, it was uh, she gave some really good advice. Definitely. She was a really good interview. And we have another one coming up next <laughs> Two episode. Two weeks from now. Yep. But today we're going to talk about what we've been doing when we weren't interviewing Lisa and, and some other stuff. Yep. We've been on a few adventures. First off, we, we well we've talked about it. We finally went. We went to the wiener dog races. Yay! <laughs> it was fun. It was as good a time as I thought it was going to be. And Erica, you had gone to the wiener dog races once before. Yes, I did. So you really sold it for me that we need to go back. Yes. Yes. Was it just as fun this time around? I think so. <laughs> it's it was a lot. There was more of a crowd this time. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a big crowd. Yeah, the first time I went was long time ago and they didn't have the whole park in the Cabela's parking lot and take a take shuttle bus down to the event I mean it was just packed it was well organized and it, and it, oh, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't a cluster F you know I mean you got on the bus you got off the bus and it wasn't like crazy yeah <laughs> no is, they had it, they had the whole system worked out very well it was very well planned they had volunteers out at the parking lot directing traffic although they could have had a couple more signs saying where to go on in the parking lot well to be <laughs> fair Cabela's is a huge parking it lot, is. and maybe I don't know. <laughs> There's just no managing that we, kind we of. We circled it a couple times before we found yeah. the parking spaces where, where, they, where they were going, but we found it. It astonished me how big this this event was for. Where were we? Buda. 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 Yeah. So I think of that as a fairly small town, and I think every man, woman, and child in that town was <laughs> was on site with a wiener dog or some other. It's a lot small dog. of wiener dogs there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, all they, colors, all shapes. I didn't know that was a Buda thing. <laughs> it's been a Buda thing for, this was the 20th, 25th year? It was, I think so. It was, uh, I, I've yes. Heard, I'd heard of wiener dog races before. Right. I just didn't know that owning a wiener dog is a thing you do in Buda. <laughs> owning a wiener dog gets you entree into a very elite fraternity <laughs> of people. And now I in know. Buda. <laughs> Yes, and I, I don't know. I, I, they had it well organized. They had a little. They, it was almost like the horse races where they put them in a little gate thing, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. open the gate and the dogs come running out. That mm-hmm. was hilarious. Or, I mean, or walking out, or or, or trying yeah. to play with other dogs. And the first lady of Texas. Miss Cecilia Abbott, Ms. Mrs. Cecilia Abbott, was the master of ceremonies, and mm-hmm. she she was a super nice lady. I I like her. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> well, I know that the man who was running the races or talking during the races. I'm, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story of the first Rena dog race was hilarious. Uh, you know, they lined up the dogs and they shot off a gun, and the dogs just scattered. <laughs> and they were waiting. Spent no the rest of the afternoon, <laughs> yeah, looking for the dogs. Looking yeah. for the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it's hilarious to hear. 
Yeah, it, uh. it's funny. And the races are very, um, it's a very fast pace. There's, you know, dozens of races all throughout the day. So it goes very quickly. Yeah, I, we watched about a good 12 races. Or something oh, yeah. Like that. I mean, run one right after the other. Boom, 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 boom. And that was mm-hmm. just the first set, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there was a break and they did more in the afternoon. Yeah, they had uh, the mixed breed races. Mm-hmm. And those are mostly just like qualifying matches. If right. If your dog actually right. gets to the other side first on those, then the real competition happens, I guess, Sunday. on Sunday. Yeah, yeah which we didn't, we didn't go on Sunday. We went on Saturday, right? Yeah. And, it, and then Sunday, the weather was cooler and nicer, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hot when we were there. Yeah, yeah. There were several dog rescue organizations out there, so oh, if you had, had any some, interest they had some cute dogs. In, uh, in adopting a wiener dog or some other sort of breed it's kind of a miracle we don't have a wiener dog right now <laughs> i fell I in love with several them, yeah. they were super cute yeah even i was looking at them i was like wait a minute i can't i, I don't know i have to, i have cats and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't really sure what to expect in a wiener dog race neither was i event, yeah. even though erica told us about it ahead of time and it wasn't really it wasn't really a steampunk event. I mean, I guess I kind of no. knew that in, anyway. Yeah, but I, I wasn't kinda, expecting it to be steampunk. I kind of hoped there would be more... Um, like old-timey yeah, yeah, people you know, dressed up. Like, no, uh, not at all. They like, were all Like regular. the horse races, which I guess aren't, are also not going to be... Uh, well, at least the old-timey. Kentucky Derby, they wear the giant hats. Yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted the Kentucky Derby of, of tiny dog races. <laughs> and, and gentlemen go to the Kentucky Derby, and they wear, you know, the kid skin gloves and the top hats and, you mm-hmm. know, the whole kit. So, uh, yeah, that... But there yeah. was zero of that. Come on, Buddha except, people. Bring it up us. a little. Bring it up a notch. Right. I mean, I did get, we did get some looks. Some of them were confused. Others, I got a couple of compliments on my hat. Yeah, mostly I think they just didn't know what to do with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know we. I know they didn't point any cameras at us. Not really. <laughs> or like, which is unusual. The reporters, anyway. Unusual. You know, yeah. Whoever was reporting on it. Um, yeah. It was, it was a great event if you are a dog owner or you Definitely. want to be. They had lots and lots of vendors for dog toys and dog leashes and dogs and... Dog treats. And dog sweaters. <laughs> dog All clothing. All dog stuff. <laughs> nothing, nothing that I could have any find any use for <laughs> oh the, the kitchen knife set place was kind of a weird place to find and, and, <laughs> and a cutco knife vendor vendor uh, which are excellent knives but i have no idea how they fit in here yeah whatever <laughs> they were supposed to have a uh, like a barbecue competition a fajita competition everything but apparently everything was still cooking when we were there and i didn't really see any for sale so you know although they, i did hear they were looking for volunteers for like the judges judges you know i was tempted to go i'll, I'll, I'll judge your chicken because i like chicken you know i, like chicken. <laughs> uh, I did see a spelling bee going yeah. on i don't uh, know how that, that fits adorable. in either i don't either but it got it got kind of warm and, and being you know, dressed to the nines as we were it was hot we, we did our rounds and saw everything there was to see and made our way on for the day but overall a really good time I would I would recommend it. You know, you don't have to go steampunk, but it just so made it more interesting to go dressed up anyway. <laughs> and then uh, Buda's Main Street is actually pretty cool looking. Uh, it was completely packed when we were there, but mm-hmm. they had the, the antique stores and some restaurants and some bars, and it looked like a pretty good place to spend an afternoon if if you're ever down that way. And it looked like there's a new brew pub that's just about to open. It wasn't open when we went. Yeah, but yeah we found it on the Googler, uh, and we got there, and it was not yet empty. open. Yeah, yes. it was closed. Yeah, not ready for us soon. We would, we would have, we would have bought your beer if you were open <laughs> <laughs> next time. So, but anyway, yes, I do recommend it next year or whenever. I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So after that, we went on a few other things. 
a couple weeks later, there was the Austin Maker Fair yes. uh, that we talked about uh, yep. going to. A lot and of crazy happened. stuff going on at the convention, not the convention center, the... Palmer Center. Center. Yeah, so they've they've been having maker fairs there once uh, a year for a few years now that I know of because we've gone and it just gets bigger and bigger every year. This year I saw more Legos than I have ever seen. Oh my god, Legos were everywhere <laughs> in my so life. So many Legos. And then they had Lego knockoffs, which are strange. And they have like wooden type Legos as well at the, one point. Somebody yeah. was manufacturing yeah, wooden Lego style building blocks. They were Didn't they have some three D printed Lego type blocks I didn't as well. see that okay it's possible there were so many different types there of Legos out there there was a lot of stuff crazy. a lot of 3, 3D printing stuff a lot of computer build your own robot stuff mm-hmm. our friend Daniel was there mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Bennis who we interviewed in uh, season one his science show has just gone crazy yeah he's and everywhere now his presentation is he was just at the Pflugerville library yesterday so oh. yeah so Daniel I hope you had a good show yesterday he had a great show uh, at their maker fair yep. uh it just gets bigger every year he spent the whole night before building a uh see-through case for his was that a power supply i think it was a oscilloscope or something like that uh or or a, a generator uh, of tone generator wave generator wave yeah generator, yeah so if you want to generate a constant voltage or a square wave or you know, sciencey stuff, uh, <laughs> which the, is what he does. <laughs> and inside, you it, the the machine has got to be sixty years old. It's filled with vacuum tubes and tubes. all sorts of groovy stuff that you would never have seen with the old steel plate over it. Yeah, and, you probably, now, and, and you're not going to see anything else like it either no. nowadays. <laughs> it was it was really something. And yeah, his table was pretty popular. He was always he was busy at all times. He was always talking to somebody. He was he was working it. Yeah, I think he needs an assistant. <laughs> Especially so for the loading and unloading of all that stuff. Right. And so he can at least, you know, sneak off and have a bite to eat or something without yeah. having to worry about stuff. That's the difficulty of vending or doing these shows ever. If you're alone, you're just stuck in your booth. So he said he had yep. to make two trips because of all the stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, he couldn't get it all in his car. And he has to drive in from Georgetown. Yeah. So that's that's a good drive. Yeah. Um, he needs a bigger car. That's what he needs. About a third of the show was in a second room that was walled off and all the lights were out in the second room uh so all the the glowy blinky lights leds um were over there uh and blinky drums. lights make everything better i always say that <laughs> mechanical drums or robot drums weren't yeah they? the the uh radio controlled no, drones drones. Oh, drones i thought you said drums because when no, we first drones. walked in that band was playing with the robot no. drums uh yeah no no i was talking about the they had like a like a 3d obstacle course yeah, race they had drone racing, thing yeah. where they were racing the radio controlled drones and you could see the pilots in their vr headsets because the drones had cameras on them and that's and how then they, you could see on tvs what the pilots were seeing i can't believe how generally good they were at flying these things yeah not being able to see as much as i could see it was something it was wow yeah there was a few spectacular crashes but <laughs> that's what we go to see it for right that's right <laughs> but yeah they were really good i know i couldn't do that i mean i can't even do you know on, on the computer the virtual flying stuff on the computer i'm sure alone. they've been practicing a <laughs> yeah. lot once you have something like that you just <laughs> you pour your money into it. You got to play gonna, with it. You're going to get good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or good yep. enough anyway to make it worth it. And then there was a, uh, 
I don't even know how to describe it. Sort of like a trippy haunted house thing. Yeah, with all the uh, weird lights and everything, and you yeah. put on the 3D glasses. You, you put on these prism uh, lenses, glasses, and then you go into this this little thing that was four or five room kind of rooms. They, maze kind of It was of kind thing, of a yeah. maze where, you know, uh, each each section was sort of a different theme, and there were things you could interact with, and I don't it's even very, know how to describe very it. Trippy. it. Very, was very, very trippy. very trippy. You, you've probably seen these prism glasses this, like, they're like lenses that make everything look like rainbows mm-hmm. any light source that hits your eyes it's all rainbow effects so you can barely see because it's a dark room with blinky lights everywhere yep and it, 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 you're just you're just you're high yeah you get tri- you go <laughs> tripping in there yeah and i'm running into other people who also can't see me because they're high <laughs> and uh <laughs> going through rooms not only there's lights but there's sounds and there's things hanging from the ceiling that you're bumping into Mm -hmm. so there's a tactile uh experience brain f going on there (laughs) man that was fun (laughs) that was fun i enjoyed that part of it and we went i mean when we first walked through that room that was a long line to get in there but then so we went off and did other things and went back and hey toward the end of the night <laughs> or the day like one of the very few people left in there yeah. we could just sit there going man yeah. <laughs> yeah unfortunately by that time several of the pieces had gotten broken by people going through it all day which was sad so and, and there was that one room with the buttons that would make lights and, and sound mm-hmm. to like kick the button thing over uh oh I didn't mean don't tell anybody they didn't know and then it got unplugged I was high at the time (laughs) and then when I you know was stumbling around the ground trying to find where this thing plugs into the other thing I don't know what I plugged it back into but it didn't fix it yep (laughs) I'm sorry but luckily I think they were about to they were were about the day was over anyway so they would have had time to fix it later on but yeah that was fun it was a good time there was also outside there was a fire show Mm -hmm. fire and explosions yeah liquid (laughs) propane do not try this at home definitely not (laughs) but that was pretty cool to watch yeah that was pretty amazing and you'd be standing 15 or 20 feet away and they'd, they'd shoot that thing off and you could feel the heat yeah. from it yeah just feel the, the burst the flame went like 20 feet into the into the sky mm-hmm. yeah easily and it wasn't cool. i mean he was more of, it was more of a demonstration where he's like well this is what we can do and he shoot off the flames and everything but there wasn't like i think if he had put some music to it and had it had a like choreographed it would have been a lot easier more fun to watch but it was still interesting to watch i was yeah, disappointed yeah. that the that the maker fair closed at 6 p.m because that, that would have been amazing yeah, after dark so early but i think that's i don't mm-hmm. know some kind of weird city ordinance yeah i don't understand that stuff yep and on the side they had the power tool racing outside mm-hmm. that was weird to watch <laughs> i haven't seen that outside of a drunken bar exercise yep. uh, before so they had like uh sanders and what do you call and, that and uh, saws uh, um hand saws or no power buzz saws or yeah it, the, power the spinny saws. wheelie yeah. saw thing <laughs> only not attached to anyone flying down this strip of wood <laughs> b- behind a fence so we don't all die but holy <laughs> <Yeah>. crap <laughs> <laughs> they flew they went pretty fast one of them was winning all of them all the races i saw the others were i don't know if it was a track i think they should have switched tracks just to double check <laughs> but one of them was just beating all of them yep that was fun to watch 
And then we went to Black's for supper. Very and good barbecue. I got cookies at my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> Very place. good cookies. Do you have that place? Yeah. Nuha's Sinful Desserts. It's a little uh, dessert truck on Barton Springs Road, and it is fantastic. Each of the cookies has a theme of, uh, there's, you know, the seven deadly sins. So you can get a lust cookie or a sloth cookie, greed, <laughs> gluttony. All different flavors. So I have tried all seven sins. and uh, Also the cookies. <laughs> they're fantastic. <laughs> They're really good. The cookies are also really well. So, yeah, that was fun. That was good. That was a good day. I don't want to spend too much time reviewing these cookies, but I also want to talk about the cookies. <laughs> what um, about cookies? I didn't, I didn't care for the oatmeal cookies all that much. Oatmeal is generally my favorite, but this one didn't have, like, actual, like, pieces of oat. They were sort of pureed into the cookie, mm. which didn't do it for me. So it was more like oat flour than oatmeal. Tex- a texture feeling then? A texture problem? I, that I was hoping for and didn't get. I mean, mm. it's, it's a perfectly a good cookie, I suppose, but not what I was expecting. Also, the s'mores cookie... Oh, that's my favorite. It is excellent, but they put it in a little paper envelope, oh. and the hot marshmallow, the marshmallow sticks, sticks to, to the, the bag. So if you get that, ask them not to put it in the into the little envelope. <laughs> just give it to you. Just put it in my face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to eat it right now. Put, put it, it on top of the envelope like a little napkin or something. Uh, that 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 will increase your opportunity for good experience with that cookie. But there. Are, Generally, they're all excellent. Good cookie eating tip. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now you know. <laughs> okay. So that was a great day. We had a really good time. It was a good day. Yes, um, definitely. Oh, but uh, after that, we went monster hunting. Oh, yeah. Monster hunting. At the Capitol. We, we went straight from the barbecue joint to the Capitol Saturday night. Which is why we were late. Sorry, Jason and Cheryl. Yeah. But we did meet Jason and Cheryl after following them around for an hour because they won't look backwards. They walk fast. Right? <laughs> How are they They're in to training catch? for their trip to Disney. How are they supposed to kick? catch Pokemon if they walk that fast. <laughs> I don't know, but they did it. Yeah. So we went monster hunting at the at the state capitol, and if you are a Pokemon Go player, the That's state capitol is a fantastic place yeah. to power up You probably already know, because everyone you see walking across the capitol is either joggers or Pokemon catchers. <laughs> or <laughs> both. Yeah. Because or the you, joggers have their phone out, they're probably Or, you know. know, the odd legislator or something. They do something in that funny <laughs> building in the middle that, there. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what they do there, but there's, there's plenty of Poke Stops around there to, to power lots up. Lots of and, monsters, yeah. lots of Poke Stops. Yep, I found and there's a gym right in the legislator's office. I, I think Greg yeah. Abbott's Charmander is up there all the time, pretty much. <laughs> like he's doing anything else. That gym was changing hands so often, so quickly, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> so. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've actually caught several that I didn't have before. They were new to me anyway, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the first time. You had went the night, the weekend before, or a couple weekends before. Also, was doing it there yeah. because it was. Uh, well, there was a scheduling conflict or something like that. There so was some confusion yeah. about. Uh, well, it had originally been scheduled for the sixth, and then it got rescheduled to the thirteenth. But we weren't sure if the if everyone had gotten word that the sixth had been rescheduled, and they hadn't, and they had not. So uh, there was there was a Pokemon hunter from our group that was from our steampunk group that was there on Saturday. So we got to hang out with her. So that was fun, and yeah, so. So Pokemon hunting at the Capitol, is, as long as the weather stays sort of reasonable, I wouldn't mind doing that again. Yep. In, in or out of steampunk garb, it, it's a really just a fun little evening. You get some exercise, you socialize. It's a, it's nice. a, yeah, it's a lot of walking because that building's mm-hmm. huge. So then you can yeah. walk around it like three or four times. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> not to cause trouble, but 
when we talked about going Pokemon hunting ahead of time, I suggested not to bring any thing that looks like a firearm, right, a right. steampunk gun. But you know what? We have open carry in Texas, <laughs> and I see people with actual guns walking around the Capitol. I did not even see. So you do what you want, whatever. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any of them, but okay, yeah. whatever. It's all good. It is Texas, after all. <laughs> yep. Eh, yeah. <laughs> but that was the beginning of a very busy week because then next Tuesday uh, we got DJ Russ Argo's Cross Time Cabaret. That was great. Uh, which was which was fantastic. This uh, I told him at the time this was the best Cross Time Cabaret event that I've been to. Uh, I had a really good time. Now, why was it the best? What was different you, that you liked better about this one than any others? Um, Fax does not like to see scantily clad women taking off their clothes. I, <laughs> it embarrasses him horribly. That is so weird. I don't it, understand it, that. It does just make he, me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and, and so what? That's... <laughs> it's not my thing. But, yeah, th- uh, yeah this, this particular cabaret did not include a burlesque show. No. Um, it was just, there was singing and some and Saul Ravencraft doing his mind magic that he does. <laughs> Saul's show has gotten tight. Uh, yes. He's gotten much, much better uh, through practice. And uh, I thought he was very good. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had the, 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 the Edgar Allan Poe reading. Nathan was there yeah. for his birthday. And uh, we interviewed him. That was yeah. last season two yeah for but, his uh, uh, play with Sherlock Holmes play that they did he did a great reading and the music and the, Russ did some background noises and sounds during mm-hmm. the reading that really sort of added atmosphere yeah yeah and uh, uh, Breathless the Bell she was dressed fantastically you know she was very <laughs> she, she was dressed in a sort of in a provocative way but she didn't take anything off uh, and she sang beautifully mm-hmm. and I think I think really her singing is a lot stronger when she's not having to move around the stage and take off articles of clothing at the same time as she's trying to sing see it's so, better my way it, it worked it worked really well it was it was quite quite lovely yeah and the so only we, thing that made me sad is I didn't get there wasn't a radio show because we weren't prepared because mm-hmm. I'm in that radio show and I didn't get to be I didn't get to do anything and I, I have enjoyed your radio show I don't want you to think that I haven't but I thought Breathless Abel basically she was the main act oh yeah and, and she she sang like Oh, good five songs. Yeah, and she did. She was fantastic. Better than I've ever heard her perform before, because probably because she kept her pants on, <laughs> and it's easier to sing that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and she was fantastic, and everybody was fantastic, and it was just great. Yep, and, and he's, well, he, he'll be doing another one in another couple of months or so, another cabaret. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have a radio show, maybe we won't. Um, we're also talking about getting those recorded as a podcast separately as well. And he does things that are non-steampunk as well. So oh, yeah. uh, keep an eye out on uh, DJ Argo's upcoming events because he is always doing something awesome. Yep, for sure. Like next week, I think, well, yeah, he's going to have the next one is Geekgasm Review. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a burlesque show. It's, this one's video game related. Right. Not <laughs> steampunk, but also very cool. In about three weeks, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Two. I think so. Two? Yeah. Two-ish. Twentieth? Uh, Nineteenth? Yeah. Okay. Coming up. Coming up. <laughs> But that Anything. same week, or the same, same week, week yeah, two Thursday, two days later. Thursday, the Lamp Factory in Steampunk Lamp Factory. Yeah. That's the title, Steampunk, Steampunk Lamp, Lamp Factory. Factory. So go like them on Facebook. Had their their social meetup, which they had been doing periodically last year, mm-hmm. and then it kind of 
he cut took off. A, he took a break. And so this was the first one he's done this year, and it was really good to be back. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was good. It was it was friendly, it was comfortable. I liked it. You know, everyone was friendly there. He gives you I mean, he gives you free drinks, wine, beer, snacks. And he was celebrating uh Queen Elizabeth Queen Victoria Day. Queen Victoria, yeah. And so he, he had a, a birthday cake for Queen Victoria, which was covered in frosting. A lot of cake, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and, yeah, it was just a mixture. You, know, you just meet and greet and talk with people and have a good time. He didn't have a little band this time around, but that's okay. He didn't really need one. He had a photographer there with, with taking pictures and backdrop. And that photographer was with the local newspaper. He there was, were actually two she? photographers. So he had his photog- his in-house photographer was the was the young man. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. And then about, yeah. uh, there was a young lady that was from the uh, San Marcos paper. And yeah. all of the winners of the con- costume contest, which, which... I was one. Yes. If you show up to a steampunk mixer at the Steampunk Land Factory, you are automatically entered in the costume contest. Yep. So, and there are always... <laughs> Unless you escape before he... Right. Gives the results. Right. And, <laughs> and it's not like an official contest. He just kind of walks around and looks at you and he'll just pick you. you know, right. It's not like everyone like has, you know, hey, who do you think's the winner kind of thing. It's, his, it's up to him. I think he might consult somebody. It's his show. But it's he him. does yeah. what he wants. Yeah. And, you know, he just walked up to me and goes, hey, you got placed, you know, pick a, pick a prize. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Okay. I, I won too. Yeah. I well, got to pick did. a prize. Awesome. I, I picked... He's going to help me make a lamp. Wow. That's cool. Well, I just need... Yeah, you need need a a, a glass cutting device that he uses that I don't have. Uh, (laughs) So it's not like we're building a lamp together. But he's he's helping you out, yeah. I need a little thing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, he's he's so nice. Jim... Lehman. Lehman, yeah. We, oh. we keep saying we're going to have on the podcast as a guest, but and he seemed real we, interested. Yeah, we, we so get to we've arrange that. We will pick a date. Yep. Apparently, I did not know this, but the uh, the uh, third Thursday is is a thing that they do in San Marcos. That's sort of like our first Thursday. It's it's a thing where businesses stay open late and they have little okay. uh, refreshments and you walk around and you buy things and look at things and they have live music up and down this downtown streets I didn't um, really notice it in the square no apparently a lot of it is on oh shoot I forget the name of the street it's like uh, around the corner somewhere? around the corner oh yeah I was I was talking to to a, a young lady that I that we've met before that the the girl with the fantastic corset Okay. And the cool tattoos and the crazy colored hair. Yeah. 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 I'm blanking <laughs> on her name right now. Anyway, but yeah, she was telling me that, that this is a thing that they do in San Marcos. And so it's definitely worth checking out. Well, I hope he does it. He says he's going to do it more often, but uh, we haven't heard anything yet. At the time, he said monthly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned, hey, be ready for this coming month. But I haven't seen anything. He hasn't mentioned anything further online. But we'll, we'll have to keep an eye uh, out for that. in two weeks, it might be a little little short notice. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll keep mentioning it to keep an eye out for it just in and case. And watch the Facebooks. Yeah. The best thing to do is follow Steampunk Lamp Factory on Facebook and yeah. there will be an announcement there. And if you get a chance to go, go because it's it's amazing. So I think that's um, all the adventures we've had. 
I yeah. thought we I actually I thought we did more, but that seems like plenty. I'm just to show you. We make it's our own adventures. We did it all in like one week. Yeah, it all happened really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we do make our own adventures. It's not a, a lot of it's not official steampunk stuff like the wiener dog races and stuff, but you know, just goes to show you. Put on a put on some good clothes and some goggles and whatnot and you know, go have some fun. We missed a couple, like there was a balloon the balloon glow thing that we didn't go to that we wanted to or thought about going to because we right. like going to balloon shows. And we didn't go to the Poto Steampunk Festival. Poto, right. Right. <laughs> Not In Oklahoma, that was six to nine hours drive away. Yeah, it was a long drive, and we just couldn't quite muster up the enthusiasm for the long drive. Sorry. But so if you went to I would love Poto. to hear about it or see pictures from it, Definitely. because the preparations looked amazing, and they seemed really excited about it. So if anybody went, let us know how it was, and for let sure. us know if we should come next year. Yeah, we would. We, a report would be awesome. Just so we know, it's like, if is next year, should we go next year? You know, like like we said, Steampunk November, definitely go to Steampunk November yes. coming up in November. <laughs> you know, because we've been there, we reported on it, it was awesome. We were like the same kind of reports about. Yeah, we're gonna get real gatherings. pushy this year. You yeah. need to go to that, but. <laughs> That's in November. Nothing to worry about now. Let's talk about uh, this thing we discovered. Yes. And it was weird that we, we both discovered it separately, I think. But <laughs> like pretty much around the same time. Yeah. Right. And then, like, shortly after we watched the first episode of it, I saw it mentioned on one of the steampunk communities on Facebook. Awesome. Something, somebody <laughs> said something to the effect of, how come nobody knows about this? It's Q and MacGyver. Or <laughs> is, is it MacGyver? Yeah, that's MacGyver. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But not the new MacGyver. No, right. no, not the, the new MacGyver. The, the original MacGyver. So what are we talking about here? But Richard Dean Anderson's legend. It's an old, it's a Western show. It came out, let me see if it says it on the back here. And it's also, it doesn't, someone will look it up while I talk. <laughs> um, yes, legend. It's Richard Dean Anderson and um, John, De, John Delancey. John Delancey. John Delancey, who plays Q on Star Trek Next Generation. And we watched, I know we've all watched the first few episodes. Right. It was uh, <laughs> the first one was like a two-hour-long pilot mm-hmm. to sort of establish characters and get you into it. Right. Um, it unfortunately, only lasted one season, so it was about, what, 12 episodes? Yeah. So it was a short season compared to the 20-some-odd episodes things used to be back in the day. Right. And Richard Dean Anderson plays a struggling author. Who's writing Penny Dreadful, well, novel, dime novels. Dime novels. Which Penny Dreadful, ties in exactly. really well to what we were just talking about with Lisa. Right, which will be the ago. next episode that we that I post in, <laughs> so, in two yeah. weeks. <laughs> it's a sneak preview next week. Dime, dime novels. Dime Dreffles. novels. So it looks like this this was in uh, 1995 is when this show came out. Okay. Which is kind so, of a long time ago. 12 years ago, but never, yeah. heard, never heard about so it. So it was after the original MacGyver show. Right. So it was at, it was this after MacGyver, after he ended after. Richard D. Anderson finished MacGyver. He's, he did this show. So, uh... Yeah, he's playing a struggling Arthur. Arthur. Who presents himself in the dime novels as the character of, of legend. Yes, and who's an adventurer or superhero type person. Uh, Nicodemus legend, right? Nicodemus legend, yes. And, and so everyone assumes, then they see him, he is in fact the character Nicodemus legend, and all of his stories, as he presents them, are true. They're, <laughs> they're not true. But they're not true. He even tells them, it's just, it's just a book. I'm just writing. But they don't believe him. Uh, so he come ac- comes across uh, this strange character, played by... John Delancey. John Delancey, from mm-hmm. Star Trek, original series... Er, 
first next first episode of Next Generation, who's basically playing a, a, a Nikola Tesla style character. Yes, very much so. Right down to the the the, Nick, the Tesla coils that he yep. was sitting in front of in the very show. So he makes weird inventions. Inventions. I mean, he even calls them inventions. Crazy weapons and forces uh, Richard Dean Anderson's character to take on the role of Nick Legend against his own will. Yeah, he won't have to save. He has to save the day. <laughs> Um, it's, West, thought, it's a very Western show. I mean, the, the, the plot was basically the evil landowner, not not the railroad owner this time, <laughs> but the, right. the landowner, you know, was trying to take over the town and stuff, you know, and they had to stop him. But that, that was just the first episode. First episode. And there's flying machines and hot air balloons mm-hmm. and steam-powered car, and yes. it's very fun. It's very steampunk, all kinds of inventions. He don't call them gadgets. He doesn't like being, he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be called gadgets. They are inventions. <laughs> He was very he's very adamant about that. I I really I like the character uh, of Legend. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson really shows that he is an actor, and and I like that the the character of the writer is not incompetent. He is a a drunk womanizer, but he is a, he is an effective writer and flim flam artist. Yep. He generally he's got a talent. He's not just a schmuck who is forced to to uh, become a hero. He has the ability, yeah. skills. Part of the problem is, is he wrote Legend to be like he's not a drinker, not a womanizer, which is everything he's not. <laughs> so in right. public, he can't he can't be himself in public because people don't want to see that. <laughs> it's not that he won't, he can't do it for himself, but no one will sell him alcohol right. because he's Legend. <laughs> and Legend doesn't drink. <laughs> and women will not uh, sell themselves to him because he's Legend. <laughs> he doesn't do that. <laughs> they're forcing him to be moral it's it's amusing uh so yeah he, we watched i mean i i i watched like the first six episodes and they were all very similar and not really in plot per se but you know bad guy of the week he has to stop mm-hmm. kind of thing and but you know new gadgets every time and it, it, it overall it was inventions so fun. new inventions sorry i can't oh. don't use the word gadget i fell for it my bad <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was really it's it's still it's a really fun show. I'm gonna finish watching it, and I recommend it, especially for the for it's amusing. It's really amusing. Richard D. Anderson's really good in it. I, I've gotten through the first three episodes, and there's only twelve. So yeah, yeah not that it's a struggle. I'm just taking my time. <laughs> uh, and apparently, it's not hard to find. You found it online. <laughs> I ran across it at the Half Price Bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> just out of the blue. It also kind of reminded me of Briscoe County Jr. Which, I thought about that. You know, yeah. don't diss that show. It was it was really kind of cute and funny. Oh, it was. I, I, I loved, loved Briscoe it. County yeah. Jr. I thought the writing was good to begin with, but as as the show continued to uh, to age, they were running out of things it, to do. Or it got yeah. kind of stale. Mm-hmm. But with only twelve episodes, it can't get that stale. True. It's, like I said, it yeah. is what it is. So what do you think? Briscoe County Jr. was steampunkish, or is that different? Uh, is that more um, pulp? Because I know there was a bunch of weird stuff it happening. It was Weird West. Weird West, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely Weird West. Because and I think was, Legend definitely falls into Weird West as well, which, yeah. you know, to me, it's like kind of like Weird West and steampunk are sort exactly. of the, the always, Venn diagram. I've always thought that. I, I love Weird West. They, and, you know. There's a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. same time period. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose, I would go Weird West myself. I'm, I'm a, I like that better. <laughs> you know, that's why I wear a cowboy hat with my outfit a lot. The weird inventions in, in Briscoe County Jr. sort of had a, a continuing, they were a plot device. Right. Weren't, rather than... Weren't they powered by some kind of meteorite or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was... It 
it was spooky mm-hmm. and not in any way controlled by by our heroes. They weren't tools of the trade. They they it's were a weird West. Yeah, they were the MacGuffin uh, <laughs> that sort of strung the sort thing of together. supernatural weird West. Which I mean, which Weird West should be supernatural. Yeah, and yeah. and the Victorians were totally into a lot of spiritualistic, supernaturalistic, weird stuff. Definitely. You know, uh, Madame Blavatsky and Alistair Crowley and spiritualism and the OTO and ectoplasm and all kinds of <laughs> all weird crap. Yeah, yeah, there isn't any of that stuff in legend per se that we know of that we know of in the six episodes. Yeah, but I mean, but there's a lot of inventions that are way before their time, like the steam-powered car and hang gliders and stun gun. Yeah, the stun gun for the most part yeah yeah and, and the magnet gun or whatever you if you Crazy want to call stuff. it that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun kind of wily coyote almost yeah and, and you know the, the controllable well the direct you know the hot air balloon with the, the with the propellers on it and stuff that they mm-hmm. can stop in mid-flight you know but that's besides the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway i recommend it i liked it a lot i'm gonna definitely finish it it's definitely not prime time material Right. No, it, no. it's kind of oh. goofy. goofy. There's a, there's yeah. a, I mean, there's a reason why it only lasted 12 episodes, but it's still I liked it. <laughs> it's TV on a budget, so yeah. I, I don't, you know, set your expectations at the proper level. But it's a good time. It's a good time, and and their costumes are good. Yeah, and Richard Dean Anderson can grow a hell of a mustache. <laughs> oh, if that is really his mustache, sure, it's a really good makeup job. I, I think you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Okay. okay, so once again, yeah, that was another episode. Uh, that was Legend by um, Richard R- Richard D. Anderson's Legend. Yep. Not to be confused by any other Legend titled shows out there. Right. What else? Wonder Woman? 38. We can briefly talk about Wonder Woman if you okay. want. Okay, all right. Okay. Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Well, she just, uh, we just, saw just it. came out this weekend. The, the, yep, and the we saw it yesterday show. or last night. To be exact, and it's already breaking records in the box office. So everybody is is seeing it. Uh, I've seen a lot of good reviews. If you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, we're probably going to have spoilers here. So maybe, uh, probably. So go see it and then come back. And I think the reason we decided to go ahead and talk about it is because it did happen around the right time period for the movie. They have they have established this in, during World War One. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, just after, just at the end of the yeah, Victorian era. Yeah, just around Diesel there. Pong. Mm-hmm. So we're going from Weird West to Diesel Punk now, <laughs> <laughs> which we have agree- all agreed that it, it, it falls under our whole yeah, you know, steampunk one, you know, umbrella. I guess is the word I'm, I'm but looking this, for. This is a change from the comics, right? Uh, in the comics, she's she's uh, inv- introduced during World War II. No, in no, the comics, no. dep- well, it depends on when when it was written. It's all her origin's been written and rewritten many many times. <laughs> okay, but it's all similar with a man landing on the island and her leaving the island like that. But as for the time period, right. it changes depending on when they rewrote it. <laughs> so, okay, I mean, there's even a cart the the DC cartoon straight to DVDs. They wrote they wrote it, and I think that I don't know what war that was in, but it's the same. You know, he crashes on the island and she leaves the island with him, kind of thing. And it's always it, I'm not really sure exactly. I'm not a DC expert. <laughs> I'm more of a Marvel what? guy. <laughs> I assume you're expert on all comics. No, mostly Marvel. <laughs> okay, all right. But yeah, this one was World War One. They they place it in. Okay. Um, I can't speak for the rest of them. I don't know. Okay, all right. I, I won't ask you deep, insightful questions. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well what, what would what do we think of it? Overall, I enjoyed it. When I compare it to all the previous DC movies in this iteration, <laughs> I. I don't know if I said it on the on the podcast before, but the the Batman v Superman, I hate it with a passion. 
Right. And I wasn't that impressed with the Superman movie before that one. Dawn of Justice. Yes. I mean, it was okay. There was parts about it that were okay, but there were most, most overall, I wasn't that impressed with that I'm one either. I'm still looking forward to Aquaman because, oh my God, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Momoa. <laughs> He's a hottie. Conan in water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah. I've heard good things. But Wonder Woman, uh, yes, they Wonder used Woman. the the uh, the actresses that they used on on the island of the mascara facts. Uh, <laughs> the mascara. The mascara. Uh, Where are you from? I'm from the mascara. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 actresses that they used for that, uh, a lot of them were MMR and or MMA and CrossFit. Very uh, very very fit women. Yeah. Uh, names that are known in that world of of those those athletic competitions um so they used of the supermodels they they used i mean the women were wow mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you expect from an island full of amazons right <laughs> right they they did a really good job of that um they, they cast that really well and it was it was really impressive to see so many women kicking so much butt yeah yeah they it really established how this movie was going to go from the beginning uh seeing these women flying and fighting and doing crazy crazy um you archery know, from horseback archery falling off ropes. of a horse yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they yeah they kicked ass for sure uh, unreal uh, fighting techniques and crazy stuff it was fun it was like 300 but bigger <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, they didn't. It didn't get bogged down with that part necessarily with her upbringing, and her, but it, it established, I think, pretty well the relationship between her and her mother and her aunt, who taught her how to be a warrior. And you know, it was. I thought it was really good. That part was really good. I agree. I had problems with. I, I guess I'm the most critical of this movie of uh, the three of us. <laughs> I had problems with its pacing in a lot of places, but not there the beginning of the movie where they're establishing her, her background. Mm-hmm. I think that was important. I wanted to know. And I think they did a good job. Yeah. Then, then a uh, boy shows up. Uh, what was his name? Just, Steve. Yeah, Steve something. Ro- not Steve Rogers. <laughs> Different uh, Steve. <laughs> some other Steve with two first names. Um, shows up and ruins everything. Chris Pine. Whew. Yeah. I just couldn't stop thinking of him as Captain Kirk on, on the whole time. I mean, that didn't ruin the movie for me, but I'm just thinking, this is Kirk on an adventure. <laughs> I, I think very shortly after he showed up, the movie started taking a downhill turn for me. It sort of slowed down, um, mm-hmm. and it became a story about... Her being awkward and modern. Awkward, modern. innocent girl meets the real world, and she is goofy and doesn't fit in and they played that up too much and wasted too much time for I, I like the shopping scene I loved when she walked up to the corset and said is this what you women wear for armor in this <laughs> land <laughs> I, I don't think it all should have been cut I just think it should the, they could have established that much more quickly the, the corset and the how do you fight in these the parts you saw in the preview were good that's mm-hmm. probably all you needed right but they they strung that along too long and wasted time that was needed later in the movie that that they didn't have to work with anymore I guess but you know that whoever they had making costumes for this movie loved doing that part <laughs> loved right. making all of those in for this like, show yes the shot and yeah. yeah so oh, this I was mean, just showing off their costume talent Gal Gadot is a beautiful woman definitely and, for sure yeah who wouldn't love dressing her up and <laughs> Nice outfits. Playing dress up with her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> down boy. So it, it stalled out until they actually get onto the the arch, front. Till, till they get to the front where she is trying to get to in the first place, so she can stop the war by by spoiling things yet. Not Almost. too much, but we're getting there. But that's okay. She's under the impression that the only, the only reason there is war at all is because of Ares. The god of war. The god of war, who who is an actual real person that exists, and she will kill him. And then the war will stop. Right. And, uh, yeah, so they go to the front pretty damn quickly. She, she Well, you know, didn't want to waste time with the travel scene, I guess. <laughs> she made up with a- some interesting supporting characters. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I like them too. I wish a Native American man. There was a Scottish man, sharpshooter, and I don't know who the other and uh, the other guy was a kind of a Middle Eastern Persian yeah. uh, fellow. Kind and of we got to know guy. we got to know a little bit more yeah. about each of those characters, and I wanted to know more because they were already interesting. Although they never had any talents that were effectively established in the movie, they were just sort of background characters mm-hmm. and I wanted them to be sort of uh, you know more badass a team kind of yeah. we each have our special talent and that's why we're no, awesome Chief together. was awesome because he could he was like their wheeler dealer trader could get anything find anything I would have liked to see more of they're in the middle of, of the war zone and they're like well how are we gonna break into this fancy schmancy party we, we can't just walk up we've gotta do something and he's well, like he did he got the car yeah. I found I this fantastic never, car there's a whole bunch him, just parked over there you never see him get the car he just no, shows up and was, says they're parked around the corner yeah. like <laughs> okay yeah and then he had all of those trade goods that he was like you know i'm trading german beer to the british for this and i'm trading this to the germans for that and so he was kind of like the wheeler dealer i think they could have those characters could have been played up a lot more oh, and been more interesting I, I completely agree with they could have been and apparently this is a cool thing the actor is a native american and when they're they're speaking languages to each other she walks up to him and he speaks to her in blackfoot which is like a little easter egg for native americans who speak that language like it's just a really special little shout out to them and she speaks back to him in his own language so that was cool yeah because yeah they, they on the island they speak thousands of languages they know they know a lot of languages so right they explained that right off the bat not which, right which off the bat is, they did which is that. comic book logic yeah okay okay <laughs> <laughs> not gonna press the point there it's alright I um, liked it I thought it was good I thought uh, they, they didn't develop Steve whoever his name is <laughs> at all I know nothing about him I know more about the other three characters that didn't do anything than him he is he is a spy yep. for, for the British an American spy but he is British. American why I don't know <laughs> they, let him, um, they, they gave him over to him I don't know but he, he can present himself as a German by doing a fake German accent. Well, because, you know, because he's white with blue eyes. <laughs> well, yeah. He is the Aryan ideal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I don't know anything about him as a person. I know more about these other guys. And it's sort of important because he's the guy you want the tugs on your heartstrings by the end. Or is supposed to. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I have no and then, counter counters to any of this that you're saying so far. And, and in the end, it just didn't feel like a, a huge climax because they didn't earn it. They didn't seem to work very hard to get to the German... Weapons facility base, yeah, yeah. The, place the, the big base. Yeah. I mean, they they just had started their their travels. They're going through the trenches at the front, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve is saying, "Come on, come on, we don't have time for this. We've got miles. Remember, miles and miles right, to they, go. They were going to go around, and she's yeah. like, "No, I'm just going to go through here." 
and whoop ass, which she does, and that's a great, that was awesome, great. Yep. Scene. fantastic scene. And she saves the town, and then when they find out where they are, oh, well, it's just right over there. It's yeah. it's, it's two miles that way. Take a little walk. Like, what, really? So they didn't work very hard. Well, I think the thing, the concept, if they had the not, the hero's if she journey had not, was way too short. Right, yeah. If they had not cut through the battlefield like she did, they would have, it would have been a lot longer journey because they would have had to gone around, you know, but that, they didn't have time for that. Uh, <laughs> they only have a couple of hours for the film. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like I said, they could have cut off some at the beginning. I know. Or just made the film it. longer. Yep. I would have been okay with either of, of those. But then there's the big battle at the end, and, and she meets. Aries, because mm-hmm. apparently that is a real person. Yeah. Which I wasn't prepared for. I was really expecting a, a metaphor kind no, of. No, not in the comic like, books. No, there no. are the, the, the God the God of War, Ares, is in the comic books. He's in there. Just like in the Marvel Universe, Thor, you know, God of Thunder. But I'm okay with there. I, I feel more, that's more solid because there's a, there's a whole planet or, or realm right. of gods. Well, they're in the DC universe, it's the same thing. They just didn't bring it up. Okay, well... I think it was Mount that, I think that's the problem. They didn't bring <laughs> up a lot of things that might have been helpful for me to, to well, buy in. Well, that's for the next movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is the argument of a bad movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So I was a little surprised that that Ares is a real meet physical Ares. person. There is a big fight, and she does end up beating him at the end. I don't think that's spoiling anything because, no. yeah, good guy wins. Yeah. Although I think, I mean, technically, when he did die, the Germans that were still left standing, they were not as aggressive anymore. They stopped no, fighting. Everybody started hugging. Yeah. And it so was, she did. And right. she did. Hug it out. Finish up the war. <laughs> yeah. Hug it out. Yeah. So you know, she met her goal. But then, shouldn't there not be any wars and ever? And again? at that point, I, if it had been me, if I had been wondering, I'd be like, all right done I'm going home see you at the mascara <laughs> well technically her mother did say she can't come back no she didn't she, she just said you place. might not come back mm. She or you may not come back she didn't say you can't come back I could have sworn she said you could never come back no no her mother I, I, you know, I listened when, when carefully when your mom says you may never come back that could be mental two I know. different well, I'm ways. Saying, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't, maybe I, I crossed it because in, in many, in the past ideologies, she was, once she decided to leave, they said, you cannot come back. And, okay. Uh, so I don't know if, maybe I just heard that because that's what I was used to hearing. Right. <laughs> I took it to mean, you're never going to find this island again. That's all another possibility too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I really, really wanted to mo- love this movie. A lot of people have posted that they do love this movie, and there were things to love about it. Gal Gadot was glorious. Yes. And I don't use that word a lot. She's beautiful. She looks good in a lot of costumes. and um, She's a badass in real life. She, she clearly is a badass. I totally bought into that. And she's a good actress. A lot of the other things I couldn't buy in on, and I really wanted to. So it, I agree. It is the best DC movie that's so far. With oh, this iteration. But that isn't saying a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I, I agree. She's <laughs> it it's no Marvel movie. <laughs> I agree. And I found I myself and absolutely I agree found with myself that. comparing it to Marvel a, a lot, going, Wow, you know, the captain was better. The captain did this better. <laughs> oh, and one other thing, this is nothing to do with the movie, but before the movie started, the previews were happening, mm-hmm. uh Gal Gadot promoted this phone app game and i was like really really you're 
career is just starting. You're already selling out to stupid phone apps. Just like <laughs> they rolled up the money. Like truck. Arnold Schwarzenegger did because he's not got a career anymore. Come on. The captain would never do that. <laughs> I don't know. I would buy anything that Captain America told me to buy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of would, too, because I trust the captain to give me good advice. He would never sell me on a stupid phone app. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. okay, that's it. I, I'm out. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> All right. I guess, uh, well, we're coming up on 55 minutes or so, so I don't Ooh. know if we think we have some time for some etiquette, because I'm going to... I love the etiquette. I don't want to give it up. Yeah, let's, let's put on some etiquette here. Oh, we are What's doing next? etiquette. Okay. okay. And now, some etiquette from Erica. All right. I am reading once again from Frost's. We are now on the topic of etiquette with children. It is against the rules of strict etiquette to take a child when making formal calls, as they are a restraint upon conversation, even if they are not troublesome about touching forbidden articles or teasing to go home. Never take a child to a funeral, either to the house of mourning or to the cemetery. Never allow a child to take a meal at a friend's house without special invitation. It is impossible to know how much she may be inconvenienced while her regard for the mother would deter her from sending the little visitor home again. Never allow a child to handle goods in a store. Never send for children to meet visitors in the drawing room unless the visitors themselves request to see them. Make their stay then very brief and be careful that they are not troublesome. Never take a child to church until it is old enough to remain perfectly quiet. Although you may be accustomed to its restless movements and not disturbed by them, others near you will certainly feel annoyed by them. It is not etiquette to put a child to sleep in the room of a guest, nor to allow children to go at all to a guest's room, unless specifically invited to do so, and even then to make long stay there. Etiquette excludes children from all companies given to grown persons, from all parties and balls, excepting such as are given especially for their pleasure. When invited to walk or drive, never take a child, unless it has been invited, or you have requested permission to do so. Even in the latter case, the consent is probably given more from good nature than from any desire to have a juvenile third to the party. Never crowd children into picnic parties if they have not been invited. They generally grow weary and very troublesome before the day is over. Never take a child to spend the day with a friend unless it has been included in the invitation. Never allow children to be in the drawing room if strangers are present. Never allow children to handle the ornaments in the drawing room of a friend. Never allow a child to pull a visitor's dress, play with the jewelry or ornaments she may wear, take her parasol or satchel for a plaything, or in any way annoy her. Train children early to answer politely when addressed, to avoid restless, noisy motions when in company, and gradually inculcate a love of the gentle courtesies of life. By making the rules of etiquette habitual to them, you remove all awkwardness and restraint from their manners when they are old enough to go into society. Never send a child to sit upon a sofa with grown people unless they express a desire to have it so. Never crowd a child into a carriage seat between two grown people. Never allow a child to play with a visitor's hat or cane. If children are talented, be careful you do not weary your friends and destroy their own modesty by showing them off upon proper improper occasions. What may seem wonderful to an interested mother may be an unutterable weariness to a guest. Too polite to allow the mother to perceive the incipient yawn. 
never allow children to visit upon the invitation of other children. When they are invited by older members of the family, it is time to put on their best bibs and tuckers. Never take children to a house of mourning, even if you are an intimate friend. The custom of having children in the drawing room for morning or evening parties or in the dining room when with the dessert at dinner companies is not only often an annoyance to the guests, but bad for the children themselves. It is one of the first duties of parents to train their children at home as they would have them appear abroad. <laughs> wow. Times have changed. Really? <laughs> I parenting has changed, but my opinions haven't. <laughs> children are like pets. You don't take them everywhere you go. <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically what it's saying, right? So it sounds like they're saying, yeah, just, you know. When the friends come over, leave your kids in the yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually don't, you don't like it when the, when the dog's jumping on your guests, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, why would you want the kids jumping on the guests kind of thing? Right. Our children is, are not a special snowflake. You may think they're brilliant and talented, but they're not. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that Okay. Mrs. Frost put it much more tactfully than that. <laughs> I see she loves children as much as I do. Well, the, the Victorians had a very different attitude towards children, obviously. That's for sure. Yeah, things are definitely a lot different nowadays. Obviously, for your listeners, none of us here on this podcast have any children. Um, so. But to be honest, um, when I see uh, events that I'm invited to on Facebook, uh, house parties and what have you, yep. it's often stated this is a family-friendly party. Right. Or if it's not, someone will ask instead of just bringing their children, right. hopefully. Or sometimes on occasion I've seen it was like, it'll be family-friendly up until a certain time, in which case, time for the children to leave right. <laughs> or and be put I to think bed. That's, that, that's perfectly appropriate to Frost's uh, writing. Mm-hmm. The, the children are invited to that, get that, that event, and yes, you can bring them. Uh, I am a little surprised about the picnic rule, because I today you know think picnics are That's by, not, by yeah. default family events and why even go to a park if it's not to make your kids run around till they're exhausted and you can put them to bed <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay but All apparently right. picnics were not that in victorian times no no they were dignified not. affairs i had no idea <laughs> who knew <laughs> okay so I mean, hopefully nobody was offended by that who has children it was just what we were reading the, that etiquette book <laughs> so. i don't care if you're offended me <laughs> I just I want them to keep listening. Okay. I thought right. it was very interesting. I thought it was a, a interesting contrast to to how things were versus how things are. And in truthfulness, some of those tips might actually be good. Like when you go into a store, don't allow your children to Yeah. I've touch seen... every single thing that they see on the shelves or when you go right. to someone's house, don't let your children start rooting around in your people's stuff exactly my parents just, never let me do that yeah mine didn't either but nowadays but, as, a, as a guy i work at a lot of retail stores at the, you know well, i don't work at the retail stores i service anyway my job requires me to go to a bunch of retail stores mm-hmm. and i see this a lot the children just getting into everything and it's it's, it's and their it's parents annoying. do nothing right they and, just and, ignore them or when they do try to stop them the kids throw a bigger fit which is even more annoying <laughs> which is probably why the parents are afraid to say anything right i worked at a bookstore once and basically a lot of the parents that would come to the bookstore would use the children's book section as sort of the daycare. Oh. So it was like, mommy's going to go off and look at self-help books, honey. Why don't you go and tear up the children's book section? Wow. And so you're you're trying to 
put books on the shelf or and keep the things down. straight. And these kids are just treating it like it's their playroom at home. Wow. And uh, that's not appropriate. I don't hate children. I hate bad parents. <laughs> Let me just clarify. <laughs> I think children are lovely. And, and honestly, if you are very straightforward children about what is expected, they are generally pretty respectful of that. Usually. So I, I don't I have no problem with children. I love kids. I think they're great. But they like boundaries and it's important to teach them how to behave so that they're not obnoxious and unwelcome later on in life because exactly. they don't know how to compose themselves. So hopefully that uh, we learn a few things on that one. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to put on some music and then we're going to tell you what's coming up. Steampunk wise. That was White Ghost Shivers, Mama Said. We've oh. seen them a few times live, and they're fun. They're a good time live. The recording is, is a good indication of how they're, they're very swinging. High yeah. energy. Yeah, especially, yeah, very high energy. The very first time we saw them, they were very high energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard to keep up with them. <laughs> but anyway, that was fun. So now let's, let's what's coming up in the rest of the month. Vax, you have your first. Yeah, well, just this Tuesday in two days that you may be listening to this on Tuesday. God, I, I hope I get this out before then. We're doing the South Austin Steampunk Meetup. We usually meet up on the third Tuesday, but this month that's taken up, so we're meeting the first Tuesday in South Austin at the Baker Street Pub. People should be gathering in there about 7 o'clock. I won't get there till 7.30, but there's this little little corner room just to the right of the entrance with a great big table. Yeah, it's a nice little niche. Um, yeah. Go in there and uh, we'll hang out. We'll have a few beers and a few laughs. It'll be great. 
Starting that same day is a circus 1903 at the Long Center. We already have tickets for this. We're going to go see it on the 8th. It's going to be fun. It looks like it's going to be fun. Um, we're going to dress up. We're going to go check it out. Hopefully, it'll be great. It's uh, It starts on the 6th. It ends on the 8th. So if there's still tickets available, I, I recommend grabbing some. And that's at the Long Center at 730. Yep. yep. We're, we're really gonna... excited to do this. Uh, it's a throwback to the turn of the century circus but no live animals yep they're all puppets and marionettes and it, it looks fantastic it's gonna be cool <laughs> we're gonna dress up you should too i'm excited and it's way cheaper than cirque du soleil that we went to last month true <laughs> so l- less reasons to to miss it it is here in austin it is what we paid 35 ish dollars yep Come on, buy a ticket. Let's go. Let's have a good time. We'll be the ones dressed up. Right. June 7th is Pint Night at the Dig Pub. This is hosted by Meridian Hive and the Dig Pub. They're starting at 5. They'll be serving at, Meridian Hive will be serving until 7. And this is in Cedar Park, Texas. If you've never been to the Dig Pub, it's very cool. It is a nice pub. Yeah, it's we've been really there. cool. It's got it's got kind of an Indiana Jones turn of the century yeah. <laughs> kind of vibe to it. It you're it's like you're entering an ancient temple, but there's beer. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got sort of a Mayan temple feel. Plus, yeah, plus Indiana Jones stuff. Right. It's very cool. And a great selection of beers. Right. And and Meridian Hive is really good cider. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really good And what they're saying about it is, this is the Dig Pub's Pint Night. They will have Rhapsody, a Blackberry Draft Mead, and Fandango, brand new margarita mead made with agave and lime on tap. And yes, we'll make meteoritas using Fandango on the rocks with salt, blackberry swirls, Jalapeno meteoritas and more. Uh, souvenir glasses will be in limited quantity, available on a first come, first serve basis. Now the dig is in Cedar Park. It's a bit of a trip for us, but it's definitely worth checking out if you don't have anything to do that night. Check it out. We were at Meridian Hive Meadery just like a couple weeks ago, yeah. mm-hmm. and we tried Fandango. It's good, good stuff. It it's made with honey because mead, but it tastes like a margarita it is fine <laughs> it is really nice yes okay well actually this coming weekend is akon that's a big anime convention up in fort worth texas Huge. and surprisingly enough they have a lot of steampunk stuff going on They're up to a ball actually a, a steampunk ball going on i believe it's saturday night wow cool so dress your finest and go have some fun steampunk wise i don't have all the information but i'm almost certain they also have other steampunk tracks going on during the day but the ball is the big finesse big finish why there's actually steampunk going on at akon i'm not positive but i'm happy to hear about it (laughs) they've been doing i I think they've had steampunk stuff for the last few years uh but you're right it is generally an anime convention Mm -hmm. but we've had a show before anime and steampunk kind of that's true here in austin we went to a steampunk ball at a small anime convention here in austin we did that one year but yeah it just kind of took me by surprise the first i've heard of it and i know the group up in dallas they're gonna be there so perhaps you'll make some more friends all right what else is going on a steampunk artisan we- fair yes oh oh on uh what's that next saturday in wimberley yes the steampunk and renaissance artisan fair hosted by the steampunk flood gauges, flood gauges there in wimberley this is their second big event and so they're uh, they're gonna have steampunk stuff they're gonna have music and art musical artists to listen to while you shop and a number of of uh, steampunk 
jewelers and costumers and yeah, tons uh, of tons of vendors there. I, yeah. I, I think close to fifty vendors. I mean, they got a lot of vendors going to be there. So they they a lot sold of shopping. out the inside, and they now have vendors on on the outside as well uh, of uh, the building. So definitely come take a look. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be there vending for uh, a book that I've I've uh, written. But uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yep, Come it's going to be in Wimberley, Texas. The old the Oldham Cummings VFW Post Six Four Four One Four O Zero Four Zero One Jacobs Well Road, Wimberley, Texas. And we'll put a link. Yep, on our Facebook page. So it just sounds like it's going to be a lot of lot of vending, lot of lot of stuff to look at, and we're going to be there dressed up as well. Fax is vending. He's got a bunch of um, well. Variety of stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Renaissance fair stuff, steampunk stuff, just a variety of stuff. He'll be vending as well. And that's uh, next weekend, June 10th. June 10th is a busy weekend. Oh, yeah, this whole week is a busy week. Right. You can go to Akon you can, or you can go to Wimberley. I think it'd be a bit challenged to try and get to both. What else we got? I think that's uh, anything ja- else? The 25th. Oh, yeah. Fax and I, along with Russ Argo and his uh, lovely family, will be going to Jazz Brunch for Steampunks. And this is going to be aboard the Steampunk Nachos in New Orleans, Louisiana. Did you say nachos? Natchez. <laughs> and we will be going on the mighty river as we enjoy good food, good company, and good music. Costumes are encouraged. Invite your friends. This is what I am doing, inviting my friends. There, there is, uh, on the Facebook event page, there is an advance ticket link, and you can get $5 off the ticket price with the code OVG05. And it's going to be awesome, and we're going to go ahead and make a long weekend out of it and be in New Orleans and have a fantastic time, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing my town again. And I'm very much sad that I'm unable to attend due to work. We will take uh, microphones and our cell phones and try to do a little... A little recording out there so uh, we can bring back a journal of what we were doing <laughs> at the time. Yes, I want I want I want a report from the sir, field. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> yes, lots of pictures, lots of recordings. I plan on having a fantastic long weekend in New Orleans. Awesome. So I think that wraps everything up for us this time. That, that once again, this was season two, episode ten. Ten. And I think we're do- actually. Well, one quick, re- one quick mention on the side. We are at two hundred and ninety-nine likes on Facebook. Woo-hoo. We just one away from three hundred. Okay, if you're gonna, if you're a three hundred listener, we're going to send you something awesome. <laughs> Our three hundredth like is going to get something awesome. So okay. get on you it. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. So. So thank you very much for listening. Once again, talk to us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, Texas Steampunk Connection. And leave us a comment. Talk to us. <laughs> like us. Follow us. Send us all the love. <laughs> yes. If you know something that's happening that we didn't mention, bring definitely bring that up to us. We need to keep what us informed. What events do you know about? Exactly. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening. So until next time. Mind, mind your, your gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind mind your your gauges. gauges.